0: With Luke and Susie and Faith, family culture, whether it be sociology, psychology, or you know, any other kind of ology, there's things that seem to pull I think a new mum in many different directions of thinking that maybe they're not doing it right. Maybe they don't know what they're doing. And, and it's Suze, you're the expert on this in our relationship (laughs) of being a new mum. Having been a new mum, yes. And and it it just feels like there is constantly a whole lot of people that think you should do things a certain way, and it's tough.
1: It is really tough, and I think my experience is is unusual. I'm looking forward to catching up with our next guest who's written the book, Self-Care for New Mums. Catching up with Ruby Matley up next.
0: Ruby Matley, the author of Self-Care for New Mums and also the host of the podcast, Beyond Nine Months. Ruby, thank you so much for your your chat today.
2: No worries. Thanks for having me.
1: Now, you are are talking specifically to new mums with this book that you've created right now about self-care, and and I suspect that the reason why you've entitled it Self-Care for New Mums is because it might be the first thing that goes for a new mum. (laughs)
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, that first year, especially when it's your first baby, um, you know, there's a real sense of, you know, losing your identity and um, that first year is just so challenging for most mums.
0: And did you find that, Sue's the first year? Well,
1: this is why I think I'm an interesting case, Ruby, and I'm not sure if there are others like Mm -hmm. me out there because I read about your book and I thought, I wish I had had this when I had my second. So I had a singleton first and we'd we'd waited four and a half years to fall pregnant. By the time our son came along, I actually felt really confident and and I felt like I did a wonderful job in that first year of being a mum for him. And then it was a two-year gap and then we had twins. And that's when I felt like I was a new mum and I did not know what I was doing and everything went out the window and my self-esteem dropped to the ground. And that's when your book would have come in handy for me.
2: Well it's interesting you say that because I actually wrote this after having my second and I think it was that similar I had 2 years difference so it even more so after the second it was like when am I ever going to get a chance to do something for myself again mm. you know so it's interesting you say that because yeah this did come about after having my second as well
1: yeah, so I think, I think when we talk about this uh, in the context of self-care for new mums, mm-hmm. we're saying, really, anytime you're a mum again, you might experience this, this drop in this taking care mums, of those yeah. needs that we have. But what I love about yeah. what you've done, Ruby, is you really highlight that this isn't as complicated as we make it in our minds to be.
2: That's right, yeah. I think I overcomplicated it um, and just thought, well, I can't do the things I used to do, so therefore... I shouldn't do anything at all. Mm. But actually, it's about finding those little bursts of time that's just for you to fill up your cup. And um, it is really simple. It doesn't need to cost a lot of money. It doesn't need to, you know, take a whole, you know, hour or two hours out of your day. Um, yeah.
0: So, so in the conversation that you are having about your experiences, how much mm. is hindsight? versus how much we were you aware of at the time?
2: I wasn't aware of it at all until um, a psychologist said to me, gave me a piece of paper and said, can you write down some of the things that you enjoy? And I couldn't put one thing on that piece of paper. And I think then I started to explore it, but it wasn't until I really um, you know, got to a good place in my life in my, um, you know, my role as a mother that I went, actually that was what built my resilience and now I cope much better with the challenges of motherhood than I did before.
1: Mm. Yeah. When we we talk about taking those little moments and those little things and and like you said, writing down the list of things that you enjoy, what is it for Mm. you that sort of sits high on that list?
2: So I guess, for me, um, would be exercising. Um, that's something it's like a non-negotiable for me. Even if it's just going for a walk, um, reading. I love swimming um, and journaling. I've tried the meditation thing. It just, for some reason, I can't <laughs> crack it yet. Yeah. <laughs> But journaling for me, just really getting all those thoughts, all those worries out of my mind and onto paper and then closing that before I go to bed at night, it really helps me. Hmm. Um, yeah.
1: And that's part of it, isn't it? Uh, not everything is for everybody. and We all have different things that kind of refill that tank that we have personally. Um, so it's really about individualising this and asking ourselves the question, what is that little thing that... That is going to spark my well spark my joy if we're going to Marie Kondo this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I love I love that you've written things. It might be as simple as preparing your favorite meal. You're going to have to cook a dinner anyway. Why not make mm. the space to make it your favorite meal and then really take the time to enjoy that meal?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Mm. Is is it? I picture a huge conflict because when I talk about biology, sociology, psychology of the, you know, should you breastfeed or bottle feed? Should you d- mm. demand feed or schedule feed? Do you do you pick the baby up when they're crying? Do you, and then there's all these things where whether it's cultural or whether it's psychological or you know, or you know, the biological you know, expectations that you would constantly feel like you're not getting it right. So how do you then get them? The state of mind to care for yourself when you probably feel like you're not worth caring for you because you keep messing everything up. There's a there's a whole dichotomy that I see at play here.
2: Yeah, and I think that's where the new mums aspect comes into play because most new mums have these expectations and they're not sure. You know, you you don't know how to parent until you're really in that space. You don't know if you're going to be able to breastfeed. Um, you know all these things until you're actually in that moment, you don't know what it's going to be like. And so I think we set expectations or we look at the people around us or we're influenced by social media. and then when we're not fulfilling those expectations, we we don't yeah, we don't feel great. Um, and I think that's probably where um, self-kindness comes into play. and I actually spoke to Rebecca Ray, um Dr. Rebecca Ray, who's a psychologist, and she talks a lot about this and being kind to yourself and talking to yourself as if you would be talking to a friend or providing advice for a friend. And it sounds really simple, but actually the more I've been doing this, the better you get at it. And um, yeah, it's a really simple technique, but it's great. I really recommend it to all mums.
0: So I mean, not all of us have necessarily gone through the personal breastfeeding experience in this conversation. Mm, like, but I mean, yeah. we've all we've all used a breast pump, like between <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, some, <laughs> some like, more successfully than others. It was very painful. But but as yeah. as the partner, you know, and I'm not experiencing the same things. I've got my own challenges. But at the same point, my role and my commitment for my, my special somebody in my life is to actually be there to support them, to help them see what they can't yeah. see, to help them. So, so how does someone like me as the husband step in to, to help make sure that the new mum is taking care of herself?
2: I think, you know, that's where breast pumping is great because it means that you can share that load. You know, you can, mum can go and have a little nap while you give the next feed to Bub. Um, also just saying, hey, I'm going to take Bub for a walk Baby's asleep. I'm going to take bub out of the house and give you some space and some time, especially in those early days. I think just being, you know, I think mums struggle with asking for help. So saying to them, "What can I do for you?" You know, really kind of being proactive in supporting your partner. Uh, I think it's it's challenging. It's really hard for dads as well as mums um, because especially those early days, mums kind of do a lot, you know, like bubs kind of feeding and sleeping and that's about it. (laughs) And dads can feel a bit useless and it's, yeah, it's hard for them.
0: I I think one of the things that I found is an important balance to try and find, I don't know how often I found it, is that there's a difference between just saying, hey, this is what I'm going to do and asking what you need because sometimes if I just asked what Susie needed, she either didn't know or didn't want to feel confident at times to to, to expect yeah. it and she thought it might have been unfair or I've got my own stuff going on. So at, at certain points I had to do a certain prescription where I want to yeah. do this, I'm going to check in to make sure that that's helpful and okay, but it made it easier, yeah. Susie, I think for you to, to accept if I was going to take the boys away yeah. for like – different from what can I do to help you? Because you wouldn't want to say, can you take them away for a weekend and give me some space? But you were willing True. to say yes when I said this is what I want to do.
2: Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think you find, you might have found this too, Ruby, that you get to a point where even the asking for help is just another thing you have to do. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. It's, it's all overwhelming. And so I can imagine just these little self-care techniques that you put forward and I, and again I just want to really highlight these are not this is not an overwhelming another thing for a new mum to have to get her head around but this no. is about just learning to take those little moments and maybe it is the partner who read, needs to read your book ruby <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but but just those little moments can give us enough to enough mental space to really understand what help we do even need yeah
2: yep absolutely
0: because yeah, I think from, from my perspective, it, if I had something like this to give me some clarity of how can I help what is my role, what can I support you in how to to, to do better? Because I, I do, I, as a dad, I did feel disconnected from a lot of the process when it was breastfeeding yeah. and you'd given birth and you are experiencing all this physicality of our child and I'm not. This would have at yeah. least given me something where I go, okay, I know what I can, I can spreadsheet this, Seuss.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can put all these goals in a spreadsheet and work out the formulas on how to actually make it work.
1: Just a reminder, like yeah. we might have a 13-year-old and twin 11-year-olds, but I reckon this book would still be handy. So feel still. Free. You're still
0: a new mum is what you're telling yes. me? Yeah.
1: But every every stage is new and every stage mm-hmm. has got bits of overwhelming about it. I don't think it ever stops this need for us as mums yeah. to actually just evaluate how are we going and, and is there something else we can do just to make sure that we're able to give yeah. our best because we're taken care of.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it does change, you know, your your idea of self-care, you know, it might be birth when the when your baby's young, but then as they grow and evolve, so do you and so does your self-care and your, you know, your needs. So, yeah, for sure.
0: Well, Ruby Matley is the author of Self-Care for New Mums and uh, we really appreciate the time for you to chat with us and thanks for putting the book together.
2: Oh, thank you.
1: Oh, thanks for the podcast too. It's brilliant. I love it.
2: (laughs) Oh, thanks. I'm so glad.